Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome in, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you on a Tuesday. Another game week. This is... The last Saturday of October. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed in you, by the way. Why? What'd I do? I, I must have missed my clip of Richard dancing. Oh, I forgot to do that. I must that. have missed that. Yeah. You did. You I, did I, I forgot. You, you know, you've got the capability of doing that. Just I just whatever. trusted you, and, and look where that got me. Yeah. Richard can't do that. I, w- I, won't make, I won't make that mistake again. I'll take care of it tomorrow. Good. Yeah. See, he doesn't know how to do that because uh, apparently no, uh, technology is a foreign language to uh, to that guy. But anyway, he, he was he was he was he was going to learn how to do that, but he took he had a day off on the day we learned how to do it. Yeah. Believe it or not, he just so we tried to reschedule, but he was also off that day. Yeah, for sure. And so at this point, just hands up and and that's it. And, and there it is. That, but you and I know how to do it. Yeah, because it's really not that difficult. Anyway, I'm <laughs> not hard at all. Uh, Borky, he said, I'm glad that you guys are with us. You want to be a part of the show? We'd love to have you. C-SPAR text on 601-879-4395. You want to be a part of the show? That is how you do it. So I want to start uh, with this. No, we're not going to start with Kirk Cousins last night, although he was good, and it was nighttime, and he was still good. He outdueled Brock Purdy, and it was nighttime. But anyway. We may get to that, we may not. A digestive, or if you want to get really fancy, digestive. It's digestive, yes. Yeah, and did you know that what, what that was? I, I feel classy when I describe things as that. Yeah, it's a, it's a drink that you drink, like, it helps, it helps with the meal. You know, I was looking that up, by the way, because I... I knew what it yeah. was. I knew it's an after dinner drink, is is what it is. Yeah. And just to yeah. to make sure that I was using it in context correctly to not sound like an idiot today, I um, I looked it up, and there is actually like no science whatsoever, like none, that says that a post dinner alcoholic beverage helps in any way, shape, or form with digesting the right. the actual meal. It's just people wanted an excuse to have one more before they left, and. So they came up with the uh, with the scientific thing. 
Like, honey, I yeah. got I gotta have it. I'm sorry. I mean, it's just it's gonna help. We ate so much. I mean it helps it helps settle my stomach, yeah. You, know? you want me to have a, a tummy ache? I don't think so. So that's that's where it came from. But yeah, let's kind of put a bow on uh Arkansas and Auburn. Because I, I think especially Mondays, there's just there's so much to talk about, it just kind of feels like it's all just out there, right? Like a tuba just blowing right in your face. It's like you can't even process what's going on. It's just so loud and and so now that we've had a couple of days to kind of process it a little bit, I think we should go a little bit deeper in, into both of these games to kind of tie up that uh, that loose end. And okay. let's start with State and Arkansas because we spent a lot of time last week talking about the importance of that game for a lot of reasons. There was a, a metric ton of noise about Program leadership, I mean, every other message we got for days was a recommendation for Zach Arnett's replacement. I mean, we even had to address it ourselves. Like, hey, we're really not going to go down that road because we're six games into his first season. Let's, you know, let's let's not do that. And uh, then Haydad had to go on a podcast and, and talk about Tom Herman. And then, you know, the whole world uh, shut down Tom there Herman. for a little. <laughs> but that, Sorry, I heard his name. Th- that game was very... Very important for Zach Arnett, for the program, fan base, all that. Now that the game is over, now that it's been played, Mississippi State won 7-3, we all know that. Has the, the fan response been what we thought the outcome of the game would lead it to be? Or is there still, because of how it looked, that level of discomfort and wonder if if things are going to possibly head in the correct direction or not? Like, what what did that win actually do to Mississippi State fans at large? That's a good question because, <clears throat> obviously, you know, we talked all week, like, hey, they need the win, they need the win. Arnett can get a lot of a credit with the win. And then the game happens and you watch it and you're like, this is miserable. This is not what, you know, Mississippi State football is supposed to be. You know, when you think about the offseason, what was said about Kevin Barbet and big plays, explosive plays, gets his best players out there on the field, and you just see, you know, they just keep putting a, a the tight end on the field. Who there's no way you can convince me that any of Mississippi State's tight ends are in their best eleven. They did not. You can't, I cannot be convinced of this. So, you know that that's that. It's just one of those things that the coaches tell you in the offseason and then it never comes to fruition. So, yeah, I think it was great to get the win. And it could be a situation where we look back in a few weeks and let's say State finds a way to beat Auburn. They beat Kentucky and they're 6-3 and three, and you're like, all right, they're, they're figuring some things out here. But as it stands today, people are just like, I still am not on board with Arnett. That's that's the, the overwhelming sentiment because like this – you can't play football like that every week and expect to win. Seven points isn't going to win another game this year, I don't think. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, Arnett, it's good to get the win, and it can become something that be builds upon. But right now people are just looking at him going, what the heck is going on? And then now, so w- would you say that, that the Auburn game is like the exact same basically as Arkansas? Yeah, yeah. I would. Like, losing it need would to feel yes. really bad. You, you, well, I mean, you would just, whatever momentum you did have, you give it right back. You lose to Freeze, which I think state fans would like to beat him. Um, 
And then just like I said, you know, Auburn has been the worst offensive team in the conference this year. And if you can't go over there and put up enough points to beat them, then how do you expect to, to put up enough points to beat almost anybody else in your schedule? You know, State may have to grind its way to victory the rest of the way for whatever wins it's going to get, but it has to do that. And, and you know, this is going to be an ugly football game. I, I would be amazed. You know, you think about two years ago in that game at Auburn and State with the huge comeback and a lot of points on the board, a lot of big plays. I don't see anything like that happening in, in this game. I think if either team is going to win, they're going to escape uh, with a win, would be how we describe it on Monday. Yeah, I uh, I hear you there. So interesting stuff because I, I, I kind of felt like, and I, I was clearly wrong, that, that a win would calm everything down. Kind of hasn't. I mean, if it had been like 17-3 to instead of 7-3, right. maybe so. If If they don't call back the long touchdown run by Mike Wright, and then State makes that field goal, and it's 17-3, then you're like, look, you went on the road. Arkansas is a pretty good defense. They held Alabama to 24 points. They held Ole Miss to 27 points. Uh, really, they held Ole Miss to 20 points because there was a pick six in there. Like That's a pretty good defense. 17 points, you did good. But 7-3, to three, you're, just, you're just looking at it and you go, well, now I know how Auburn felt when they won 3-2. You know, we, we're, we've been on both sides of that coin now. Hey, but is that kind of redemption? Is winning seven no, to three a, a little it. bit of redemption? It would be redemption to do it this week. There's a chance that you, you, you get can Auburn. keep Auburn off the scoreboard completely. There is. There, if you could, and I asked, I did an interview today for the podcast with uh, the guy we had, we had on last week, Adam Cole, and I asked him, I was like, if, if Auburn, if you can slow down their running game, can they score? And you know, he, he gave a, a really good detailed answers, but the long, the short answer is no. If you can limit Auburn's running game, if you can limit Hunter, if you can limit Ashford, and the, and you force them into throwing situations, they can't do it, and and you'll beat them. So that's that's got to be State's primary focus: is we have to stop and slow down that Auburn running game. That has got to be the message Zach Arnett and Matt Brock are giving their, their players this week. We get uh, one message here that Richard's handicap must be awesome. Uh, no, honestly, it's not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part. He takes all these days off, but he still sucks at golf. Uh, somebody says the Arkansas win was pitiful. Fire Arnett. I don't. I don't know if it's. Nah. I don't know if you're there that's, yet. That's. I'm just. Yeah. Yeah. That. I mean, they're going to let the season play out. I'm just going to tell you that. That's. There's not. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing's going to happen along those lines. I promise you that. Does. Hugh Freeze being at Auburn do anything for state fans at all? Is that a thing? I think they enjoy, they would enjoy beating him. It's just, you know, because, I mean, as it stands right now, the last game Freeze ever coached at Ole Miss was State 55, Ole Miss 20. That's a great way to send off a guy you didn't like. But, yeah, I don't think they would mind getting another win. I think I think it's more about Cohen, to be honest with you, with state fans. They, they want to rub it in Cohen's face. And, and man, the... Auburn reaction to a loss to Mississippi State after a loss to Lane Kiffin would be something. I asked about that, and they, they, their fan base is I'm, I, delusional is the right word, but they are they are unhappy in year one, and I'm just like, what did y'all expect? You know who did them a disservice? Everybody at Media Days who didn't pick them last in the West. Yep. Should, should have helped them out. Because mm-hmm. that's exactly. By the way. If State wins this game, they will not be last in the West. No, they won't. 
No, uh, no, they won't. That, so, that will be wrong again. That will be yeah. Auburn, uh, as we all picked that to be. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. We'll read some messages. Do uh, a digestive uh, on Ole Miss Auburn. We come back as well. It's big. Brace yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. Working in Haydad with you on a Tuesday. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Back to the text line, though. Somebody said Arkansas and Auburn looks to me like the exact same team. The only difference is that Arkansas has a quarterback that you know can make some plays, and Auburn does not. Yeah. I think Arkansas, or excuse me, I think Auburn can protect better. They're, they're, Maybe. They're, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Arkansas is the worst team in the SEC in pass protection at, at every measurable category. But um, I mean, Auburn's receivers can't get any separation. Hunter's a good back, so when Sanders is available, is he's back. a good back. But both good up front on defense. I think Arkansas's secondary is a little bit better, but I mean, splitting hairs. Yeah, it's very similar look at uh, at each team. Another message is a fan. I'll answer. It was a horrible game. State stopped a broken and dejected Arkansas offense. Big deal. Our offense could do nothing. Seven points. Come on, man. It was Arkansas and a broken one at that. It proves nothing at all to beat Arkansas at this point. I mean, I agree with everything he's saying, but at the same time, he got the win. I mean, State could have just as easily gone out there and laid down, too. And they didn't. Yeah. Somebody says at best state will be seven and five, worst will be six and six. I don't know if the math checks on the worst part, honestly. Uh, I mean they'll beat USM to get to five. And then I mean, can they win one more game? I think they can win one more I game. Think not, they I'm can. not saying I guess I guess what you're saying is yeah, the worst case is they can't. Yeah. That that that, that scenario does exist where they lose to Auburn, Kentucky, Texas A and M and Ole Miss. Because they're a touchdown that, dog that this possible. weekend. Yeah, they are. That line smells to me, but they're, they're a touchdown dog this weekend. Yeah. I don't quite understand how anybody thinks that Auburn could beat anybody with a pulse by more than six points, but anyway. Robinson needs eight to ten targets this Saturday. I'd venture to guess that he needs more than that. And where's Tulu been, by I the can't, way? They played, but I, mean, I know. But gonna, that's that. yeah. I mean, when you say when you say Robinson needs eight to ten targets, State threw the ball twelve times last week. So that's not going to happen. Yeah, not without I mean, Rogers. State will probably not even even if 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 they they. I mean, I wouldn't imagine Wright would throw it more than fifteen times. He's not going to target one guy ten times. That's just not going to happen. You know, in an air raid offense, yeah, sure. But yeah, that, that's not that's not going to happen at all. Bubba says if State is not going to give Arnett three years, then they shouldn't have hired him. Give him time. The, the counter to that, as the yeah, as the it. non-State guy here, the, the counter to that would be sometimes you the, the circumstances were so unique around the decision. I'm not I'm not definitively saying he can't do it or, or whatever, but the circumstances around that were incredibly unique to begin with. Didn't have an athletic director at the time either, on top of 
the uniqueness of, of it all. But you can't learn on the job in the SEC. Right. And if it, if it becomes clear over the next five games that he's not ready for this, then your NIL funding is going to suffer, which means recruiting and roster acquisition is going to suffer. Fans are going to buy tickets, which means financially you suffer. You can't afford to do that in this era anymore. You can't learn on the job for multiple years and suffer losing seasons for multiple years anymore. Can't do it. It's it's a one-year job. Every every coach in America is on a one-year contract right now. It doesn't matter what real, really, unless their buyouts are just silly, and Arnett's isn't. Right, Arnett's is four point five million. That's an easy buyout. Jimbo Fisher, I get it. Why there's some patience there, but at the end of the day, Kirby Smart has won the last two national titles. If they were four and four right this second, he would be in trouble. He would be in trouble. Nick Saban would be in trouble if they had lost to Tennessee and lost to Ole Miss and and lost to Arkansas. If they were four and four, Nick Saban would be in trouble. It's year to year, man. You, there, there is no more. Give them three years to build the pro. Not with, not in the age of the portal, where you can flip your whole roster. If you got a terrible roster, get rid of guys and bring new guys in. Uh, Will Rogers going to play Saturday? I doubt it. Very highly, highly doubtful. I, 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 I'm. I could be wrong, but the, based on the vibe I'm getting from from who I'm talking to, I, USM, maybe. Hmm. I think I think he misses the next three. That's tough. Maybe maybe back for Texas A and M. I'm not so, sure so about that one. So it's a significant one, I, injury. I, I mean, it's significant. It's holding him out. I, I think I think that. And again, if state if state beats, I don't really care what the offense looks like. If state beats Arkansas and then Auburn and then beats Kentucky, you can't make a change at that point. You can't. So we just gotta have to see what happens. I, I don't. But just for this week, for sure, I am not expecting Will Rogers to play. On the flip side, and so this kind of ties into State's next opponent as well in the mental state that they're in, but Ole Miss, you know, they they got through the Auburn thing. I mean, that's something that we've been talking about since the day they hired Hugh Freeze is is what that's going to look like and, and all that, and uh, they survived it. Now, an optimist would tell you that, you know, there's Ole Miss again, overcoming some early adversity and poor play or, or whatever and finding a way to win. And that's that's true. It, you're, you're not going to be at your best every single week. Georgia's not even at their best every single week. We talked about it yesterday. Washington should have. They didn't, but should have lost to Arizona State. Hell, North Carolina lost to a 1-5 Virginia team. Oklahoma should have lost to UCF at home and on and on and on. So it's a mark of, of a team that has good cohesion, that they've repeatedly played their best football in the fourth quarter. I mean, they double up their opponents in the fourth quarter and score. That, that That's the mark of a good team. They've got a good quarterback who can kind of snap out of a funk rather quickly, good leadership, all that. That is very true. However, you can survive a start like that when it's Auburn and Arkansas. Auburn's inept in so many different ways. And despite what some guy tried to tell me on Twitter... Uh, Ole Miss's defense kept Auburn, I mean, completely in check. 160 yards and five first downs when they went up two scores midway through the first quarter. I mean, Auburn's offense is, is totally inept. So you can survive stuff like that against them. But you can only say, man, 
they, they didn't put together a complete game, and when they do, it's going to be great when they don't do it. And so when is this team going to put a full game together? Because if they don't, you're not beating Texas A&M. You're sure not beating Georgia. Right. And so the well, opportunity exists to go to an access bowl. And, but if, if they do what they did against Auburn in two weeks, they're getting beat. Let me ask you a question then. So let's say you, you mentioned Texas A&M, right? If they don't play a complete game, you don't think they can win. Is there one side of the ball where they can be good and beat Texas A&M? Is it, can you look at it and go, look, if they're good offensively in that game, they'll be, that's enough to win? Probably. But what if they're good defensively? Are they going to have to score? Does, does 17 points beat Texas A&M? I don't think so. That's, that's, 17 that's points didn't beat Auburn. I, I know seven yeah. of those came from garbage time, and another seven came after a long interception return, and you hope that doesn't become a normal thing, but 17 points didn't beat Auburn. They, they do a lot of really good yeah. things defensively. I mean, they, they, they their havoc rate is exceptional. I mean, their tackles for loss and sack rate is among the best in the SEC, among the best in the and country. He, that's a golden trait, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's yeah, he, he havoc rate is 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 his sort of his calling card. Yeah, and they force turnovers. They're like top ten in the country in turnovers. I mean, that's what they do, yeah. and that's worrisome a little bit though because turnovers. There's there's luck involved with turnovers. It, I mean, you go back and watch the Arkansas game. The first interception, I I was at the game and I still don't know who KJ Jefferson is throwing that ball to, and so you know there's always a little bit of of, of luck. You know, that's why turnovers tend to regress towards the mean. You never see a team that finishes a season like plus 20 in turnovers. They always finish, you know, plus 8, plus 9. And I, plus 8, plus 9 is great. So, But th- they're good at those things. They, they lack personnel, though. Yeah. In some spots. Yes. And they, they, they like depth. They, they, what, what, the, the same thing that we always talk about with programs like State and Ole Miss is that their first 11 are fine, but the second 11 aren't what Auburn and – not Auburn – what Alabama and Georgia can throw out. So, if Ole Miss plays a complete game, though, they can beat they can beat Georgia. They can beat Georgia if they play both sides of the ball at, at its at its peak. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, especially if you don't play at that in that game uh, offensively, if you have Georgia, you let Georgia swallow you up defensively. You're just constantly punting that you're going to lose badly. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But the the question is when. When will that happen? When will they put it all together? Uh, yeah, I mean, they'll be favored in every game, but Georgia, just win those, and you're back to an access bowl. And then there's the Auburn component. Mississippi State's next opponent did uh, did Hugh Freeze play all of his cards on Saturday? Kind of feels like it. We'll talk about that a little bit more when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. of the disturbed continue sports talk mississippi super talk mississippi
Brookie and Haydad with you. Scotty and Ponitalk on the text line says, I think y'all are looking past Vanderbilt. We, being Ole Miss, I assume. Play them next. Here's the thing, Scotty. I don't I don't mean to be disrespectful here, but nothing at all that we say on this year program impacts the outcome of the Vanderbilt game. And if Ole Miss needs us to focus on Vanderbilt for the next five days to beat Vanderbilt, then they are in deep word that starts with an S. Uh yeah, we can look ahead to, to A&M doesn't start with an S, uh, Borky. I, I don't know how to tell you that. Uh, I mean... You, just, uh, you, you don't know how to speak, evidently. Doing three and a half more days on breaking down Vanderbilt would be the most boring radio we could possibly do. It could not get more boring than three and a half days of breaking down this Vanderbilt team. It really couldn't. They're They're bad. Ole Miss is a touchdown, or excuse me, three touchdowns and then some favorite in the game. If they lose this game, it is a disaster of epic proportions. I mean, unlike, I mean, I guess Ole Miss lost to Memphis in 15 when they had a really good team, but that was early in the season. That was a ranked Memphis team. This is not that. I mean, we're going to talk about A&M and Georgia and the Egg Bowl more than we're going to talk about Vanderbilt this week. But we we just are because again what we say here is just it, it doesn't impact the outcome of the game and the Vanderbilt game is deeply deeply uninteresting. The only thing you take away from the Vanderbilt game is are they healthy? Unless they lost, win by a hundred, win by one doesn't matter. Are they healthy? Is the only real like big takeaway for, from what happens on Saturday? Yeah. If we're being fully transparent with you, yeah, I agree. So Auburn, hey Dad, Auburn, yeah, 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 yeah. They're a yeah. disaster. They're they're a disaster. And it's weird to say that because they they lost to Georgia by a touchdown and lost to top fifteen Ole Miss by a touchdown. But the discourse around the Auburn team from Auburn people is that of they are a disaster. That's that's what bothers me. Is like this is where I expected Auburn to be. Auburn has not won nor lost a game that I thought they were going to win or lose at this point. I don't, and I, I, I look, I look at Auburn. I go, yeah, that's what I was expecting to see this year—a team that's going to struggle mightily offensively. And yet, I see these reports, and I listen to all. I hear Auburn fans, and I'm just like, what did you guys expect this team to look at, look like? Like, Hugh Freeze is a good coach. And I'll give you, I'll give him credit. His first year at Ole Miss, they were probably better than I thought they were going to be. I don't, I think coming out of that two and ten year, getting them to seven wins and getting them to a bowl game, he that was he did a miracle job there. Just did really, really good work, and he should be proud of that. But this Auburn team, just they just they don't have quarterback, and that's that's the that's the first thing we've got to say. And yeah, they just don't have they just don't have the players for it. And so I don't I don't understand why everybody is so surprised and, and using terms like disaster and train wreck. This is what I thought Auburn was going to be. There, as far as I'm concerned, the train is right on schedule. Yeah, and that's the thing. It is the the quarterback position, and he failed there. He tried, but but he failed there. But the, the criticism's not directed at that. It's how how could you lose to Ole Miss? We always yeah, beat Ole crazy. Miss. 
Ole Miss is a top 15 team and you are not. No. I don't care that it's at Auburn. I don't care. You know? Sometimes the team that you beat all the time is better than you. State has beaten Alabama and LSU. Ole Miss has beaten Alabama and LSU. I mean, what do you what do you guys want? It happens. Yeah. Auburn is having the same problem that Arkansas people have. It's like they just believe because they wake up in the morning they're better than State and Ole Miss every year. I mean, if you ask the all, and I'm telling you the truth on this, I know I am. If you asked an Auburn fan who's won the last ten meetings between Mississippi State and and, and Auburn, what's the record? They would say something like nine one. Mm-hmm. Auburn, it's five five. Wow, it's five five. And State's won the last two. And State fired a coach in that stretch too. Yes. Wow. Well, not fired, but I mean, they they changed coaches. Moorhead got fired in the in, oh, you mean in the five and five? Yeah. yeah. Well, and oh, yeah, they, they've had four different coaches in that span. Now Auburn's had three, but still, yeah, State's had well in that in that span we're talking about Mullen, Moorhead, Leach, and now Arnett will get his first crack at them on Saturday. And it makes the energy weird around this game because, uh, I mean, multiple things. We talked about it yesterday some. It bears repeating. Hugh Freeze was clearly very emotional about Ole Miss. Very clearly emotional. I mean, when when they had their meeting with him, the broadcast guys, when they had their meeting with him, you, you ask coaches questions. I mean, Richard will tell you, you. You get some time one-on-one with coaches and players and stuff like that before you broadcast a game. He straight up told them he was handling it differently on top of the obvious. And and you saw it on his face and his body language, shaking hands with Kiffin after the game and in his press conferences. I, I, I can't help but wonder if that's going to translate on the field. Because they did, like we said a second ago, lost Georgia by a touchdown in that stadium. Mm-hmm. They lost Ole Miss by a touchdown in that stadium. They've, they've been right there. But I wonder if, the emotional whatever you want to call it after the game this past Saturday paired with the criticism unlike he has ever received before in his coaching ability. Remember, all the criticism that he got about Ole Miss was the the, the Bears are, are cheating and then the his phone records. Bears. <laughs> it's been a while since I heard that. That, that was the criticism. It was never about his ability to coach football. Now they're coming yeah, you, after the one thing that, on, that he knows he's you knew good on at. on game day he could show up. Yeah. Which is foolish, though. It he is. doesn't have players. He doesn't have players. Zach Arnett, for everything he said that you want to agree, disagree with, every week he says it, and it's, it's true every week, players win games. Mm-hmm. Players win games. You know, Nick Saban is a great coach, but if you gave him Kent State's roster and told him to go beat Georgia, he's losing. Mm-hmm. By half a hundred. Simple as that. Yeah, he's, he's losing big. It's just that simple. So Auburn doesn't have players right now. Think about Auburn and what they've had through the years defensively, all the first-rounders and, and all SEC guys. Who do they have right now? Who, who And they're pretty good there. Auburn That's their strength. Have, like, as a unit, they're good. But, yeah. like, they don't have individual – like, Jalen Simpson's really good. But, I mean, that's one guy in the secondary. You know, that they don't have the, the, the talent. And then – you know, I like Jarquez Hunter, but are we saying Jarquez Hunter is in the same group with, you know, uh, uh, Tank Bigsby? I mean, I, I'm gonna have to go back. I can go back decades with Auburn running backs yeah. and Rudy Johnson, and and I mean, and uh, I'm trying. to Who was the guy when they when they? Uh, oh, I can't remember his name. 
Well, he was SEC Offensive Player of the Year in 2013, the running back. Mixon? Nixon? I don't remember his name. But regardless, I mean, Auburn has always had great tailbacks. And I like Hunter, but he's not in that group. Mm-hmm. They, de- they definitely don't have any receivers that either State or Ole Miss would want to poach off their roster right now. No. So. And that's the thing about this game, too, is Auburn's weaknesses on offense play right into Mississippi State's weaknesses as well. So, so State's yeah. susceptible in the secondary. South Carolina lit them up. LSU did. I mean, Western Michigan threw for a bunch of yards. Arkansas didn't, though. Uh, and uh, with either Thorne or Ashford, doesn't matter. Whatever Hugh does with the rotating of quarterbacks that he can't figure out, they don't have receivers that scare you, and neither one of those guys are, are consistent at all, and that really bodes well for State. Because Auburn, I don't think, can exploit what State's worst at on that side of the ball. Just like Arkansas couldn't, and so State dominated. Yeah. Same thing on the other side, too. Where I, When I, I did that interview today and they talked about if you have, you know, if you can able to work over the middle in the passing game, and you know how Brock Bowers is, was able to do stuff. It's like if you've got a good tight end, pre-scoring had a couple receptions, and I was just listening. I was like, well, sorry, State doesn't have that. State doesn't have a tight end, no. so Dort did have some success set. running the ball, though. Yeah, and that gives you some that that's a that's a plus for State because the, uh, Dart's a really good runner, but he doesn't have the breakaway speed. That, that Mike Wright has. So if you get right a 20-yard lane, he can't take that 60, 70 yards. Somebody says D-line was good under Malzahn every year. Yeah, thinking Gus Malzahn was doing anything other than a good job there was remarkably stupid on their part. CC says Auburn fans thought that Hugh Freeze would come in and immediately win 10 games and also beat Alabama, just nonsensical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and well, they need to look, all of those people, need to look directly in the mirror at whose fault this is. When you mm-hmm. intentionally sabotage your previous head coach after one season, where I know shoulda, coulda, woulda, shoulda beat Alabama if the aforementioned tanks big, Tank Bigsby just stays in bounds, beat Alabama that year. Yeah, But you do that, you try to manufacture an extramarital affair to fire him, with cause, do it unsuccessfully because apparently he loves his wife. He's probably really happy today, the two of them. And you fire him after all oh, that you turmoil. Didn't see them today? Oh, I saw them today. They look really happy. They look like they're having a great time. Let <laughs> say that's not that's not a great couple's goal kind of uh, relationship. I tell you, six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five Auburn. Ridiculous. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here's more Super Talk Mississippi. Forky and Haydad with you on this Tuesday. We'll talk a little Southern Miss with Luke Johnson coming up at the start of the next hour. Tall task for the Gold Eagles this weekend. They are in Boone to face Appalachian State. That is a tough place to play. It's a long trip. It's a tough place to win. We'll talk about that with him. 
as the uh, the struggles continue for the Golden Eagles. Also, some bad basketball news there. When it rains, it just pours in Hattiesburg, apparently. So we'll get the latest from him coming up here in a little bit. Also, uh, we got uh, Lane Kiffin, Zach Arnett spoke yesterday. Interesting stuff from both of them. Uh, Kiffin, it, it seems like like Lane is very well aware of who their next opponent is, and of, of course he is, but what I mean by that is I think he's aware of how everybody views his next of opponent, fans and team included. Like six mm-hmm. times during the press conference, he was basically like, the home atmospheres have been incredible, need it again, need it again, please please make it happen again, please make it happen again, as if he's kind of aware that the team might not be as jacked up to play Vanderbilt as they are you know, anybody else on the schedule. And he wants there to be a little juice in the environment to help kind of spark them early as opposed to a sleepy yeah. environment that will lend to them sleepwalking. And then Zach Arnett talked about the uh, the Michigan sign-stealing scandal and yeah. basically was like, it, it wouldn't really affect us much if somebody did that to us. Talked about the, the signs getting in, you know, the timing of it all. But there is some new evidence in that scandal. We'll talk about that after we talk to Luke. There is some new evidence that is, it's hilarious. There's varying degrees of outrage. I mean, Ohio State fans are furious beyond measure because, of course, they are. I mean, if if Mississippi State was sign-stealing like this, Ole Miss fans would be outraged beyond measure. It is very clear that Michigan and this guy did it, it you know, the analogy Going seventy five and a seventy, they were doing like one fifteen. Yeah. The uh, the details yeah. on this are hilariously stupid, and frankly, I think somebody needs to do something about it. I, I, I'm in the camp of when you get caught this red handed, this brazen, this wide open, this stupid. Something needs to be done to the people involved, not the players. Don't I? I I've seen people say that the team should be banned from the postseason. I disagree with that completely. This is not the player's fault. This is the adults in the room, or the supposed adults in the room. But I think that something needs to be done. We'll give you all the details here coming up in a little bit. Get this message. i got to admit, I'm nervous about this game with Auburn. We have to put points on the board. Wright struggled to do that last week. Is Auburn's defense better than Arkansas's? Auburn's defense is better than Arkansas's. They get after the quarterback better, for sure. But at the same time, I think somehow Arkansas, Auburn's offense is worse. So what does that mean? I don't know. I said it last week about this game. I said I don't really have a good feel for this. I didn't have a good feel for the state-Arkansas game, which was obvious in my prediction where I had both teams putting points on the board and Arkansas winning. Same thing this week. I, I have an idea of which way I want to lean. But I have I don't I don't feel confident in it. I wouldn't bet it. I'm not saying it's gonna be my fishy line or anything. I'm just saying that I, I don't know which way this game is gonna go and no outcome would surprise me. Somebody says I heard on Arkansas uh, on an Arkansas radio show today that the Razorbacks would possibly go after Gus if Pittman is gone. What are our thoughts on that? They could do worse. They they should have got they should have gotten him when they hired Pittman. I mean, when they, they fired Chad Morris at the end of the 2019 season, and there was a ton of, of, of smoke around Malzahn being pushed out at Auburn. He ends up signing a new deal, and, of course, that made Auburn have to pay him like $40 million when they they fired him the next year. They should have gotten him then. 
Instead, instead they got Pittman, and now they're going to go back. They are bad. Somebody says, "Hey, that right is fast, but Dart has breakaway speed too." He does. He's but if you told me to line them up and race them in the sixty, I'm telling you who I'm picking to win that race. I don't think saying Mike Wright is has faster top-end speed is saying that Jackson Dart is slow. Right, and I, I, that's what I would be agreeing with, yes. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff, and, and this texter may not be doing that. In fact, it doesn't seem like he's got that energy at all. But you, you see that these days in, in like politics and stuff. It's You know, I don't yeah. really like that Donald Trump said this the other day. Oh, so you hate him? Are you a rhino? Well, Do you like Joe Biden? It, it's like, no, I, I just... That didn't like it, one thing he the, said. The, the analogy I like, the analogy I like is, you know, I like pancakes. Oh, so you hate waffles? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't say anything about waffles. Uh, Jeff says exactly my feelings about the state Auburn game. Hey, I had no idea who wins. I, I no don't idea know either. I, I, I'll go ahead and tell you right now. I'm going to have the same issue for Kentucky. By, by the by, the end of the Kentucky game, I should have a good enough feel on things that I'll feel confident in my Texas A&M prediction. We'll find but about that's. We'll find out about Kentucky it. on Saturday. We will, and we'll find out about Mississippi State. I think. Yeah, for uh, for sure. We'll talk a little Southern Miss when we get back, and then uh, these details crack me up on the Michigan sign stealing thing. The stupidity is astounding. I can't wait to give you the details. Both of those things as we start the next hour. Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't go anywhere. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. Go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Luke Johnson, Super Talk Eagle Hour, joining us right now. And Luke, uh, forgive me for starting off with kind of a, you know, I'm just going to say, it feels like a dumb question, but I do, I am curious at the answer. How are Southern Miss fans right now? Like, how how are they? Well, I think you played Journey on purpose. So, uh, you know, those of us that have been cheering multiple decades for the Golden Eagles, uh, probably sing ourselves to sleep at night with that occasionally. Um, it It is the fact that basketball season starts tonight has been a, um, has, has been a welcome. Uh, but, you know, Southern Miss, you got to do stuff the hard way. Uh, starting point guard, Neftali Alvarez, it got announced today that he's out for the year. He had surgery earlier this week. So when it rains, it pours as a Southern Miss fan. But, yeah, it is uh, – yeah, just hanging in there. And, uh, the, you know, the, the change with the play call last week, some people think things won't change. Some people are hopeful that uh, different things will be on offense. And so it's just kind of a wait and see till Saturday. Um, but, yeah, there's a whole lot of people, I think, um, that, you know, just are going to grind it out and stick with it because that's what they've always done. So on that note, what, what, is there anything else you can add uh, to the, the change in play call or Will Hall giving that up? Uh, is there any additional... Uh, things that you've learned since then. So Jordy uh, Jordy Joseph, the quarterback coach, uh, was interviewed today after practice, and you know um, just kind of walked through how 
you know, Coach Hall set he and Sam Gregg down and informed them that he was handing it over. And, you know, um, of course the question was asked, does anything change up on offense? And, you know, Jordy gave the, the coach answer, but, he, you know, he, he smiled a little bit. And so I expect there will be some some type. You, you can't overhaul your offense in the middle of the season, obviously. Um, but I, I do think you will see his take on it. He was an analyst under Will Hall at Tulane and was there for a while. And, you know, um, while he wasn't necessarily a, a every-down play caller, um, he uh, he certainly was, was a part of those things. I feel like he will be more of – the play calling, Greg will be more involved in the, the game planning. Of course, Greg was with, with Hugh Freeze uh, at Liberty. And so, you know, I, I do think there will be – I suspect I'd be totally wrong on this. I feel like there will be more of a vertical vertical game, um, taking a little more shots uh, than that. I have nothing to go off of other than that. But uh, it was interesting to, to hear Jordy talk about it today and uh, because not only in the offseason Will gave – Will gave the quarterback position to him as well. And so, you know, the position coach for, for both Wiles and, and Edwards um, will, will be calling those plays. Some, something else was said today. Will said that uh, they're looking at, quote, all options at the quarterback position. Um, I tend to think that Carson Edwards, uh, that, that uh, Edwards will, will be out there um, on Saturday. But, I mean, all options possibly mean, you know, you still got four games to play a, a true freshman from – from Tuscaloosa and Ethan Crawford, and uh, who is uh, very mobile and fast, and I don't think they would do that. Throw him in the fire at App State. Uh, I feel like Edwards would probably be the, that option, but you never know. Luke, after that South Alabama game, you and I talked a little bit, and I know you've talked about it on the Eagle Hour. Uh, you to say, let's just say that you were concerned about the lack of effort in that game, especially towards the end. You know, mentally. Where do you think the Southern Mississippi team is? Do you think that they're going to go out there Saturday in Boone and, and, and put on a full four-quarter performance, or are you concerned that if it goes bad early, it could get away from them like it did in Mobile? Yeah, I mean, the, the bye week is, uh, you know, it, it could go one of either ways. The bye week allows you just to, to get your mind right and just to call Tuesday for what it was. I mean, it wasn't Southern Miss football, and as a former player, you know, I was embarrassed about it. Um, and, but, uh, the bye week allows you to, to, to just almost reset. Um, and you, you do though have to be honest and say they're probably, if something bad happens early, the default is for your mind just to go, you know, well, here, here we go again. And so, uh, when, when you're just kind of looking for anything to hang on to, you've got to kind of create your own momentum, especially on the road. Uh, it's going to be sold out to, to, 3330 uh, Eastern on uh, on Saturday. So I would like to I would I would like to think that guys like every every Hobbs and Quasi Bozeman and some of those guys that um, understand what Southern Miss football is about I, I feel like those guys will will lead out in, in the off week and you know we'll see a, a better response. And and that wasn't you know the 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 effort comment was was more about late in the game man you could just see guys give up some guys um, I mentioned Bozeman. I mean, he, he had like 12 tackles, never gave up at all. And so I, I like to think there are guys inside that locker room. I really feel like there are guys inside, inside the locker room who, who refuse to, uh, to just, it's one thing to get beat. It's another thing to give up while you're getting beat. Yeah. 
When we look at, at Southern Miss, you know, we've been talking a lot about Mississippi State, you know, needing just to get some positive momentum going. And hopefully you think they got it last weekend with the win at Arkansas, ugly as it was, just to get to get a win. You know, it's going to be tough to win on the road. You're a 17-point underdog this weekend at Boone. But where, where are the spots left on the schedule where you think that Southern Miss can just have something positive happen for them? Well, I mean, App State, you know, they're three and four. They lost to Carolina by six. They lost to Wyoming and Laramie by three. Uh, they lost to Coastal in that crazy good game in Boone. And then they got beaten the last minute at Old Dominion. So you're looking at three and four, and but this could easily be a, you know, five and two, four and three at State team. Um, you just like, I just want them to play. Like I'm not talking about moral victories. I just want, I want them to play a complete game in all three phases. And if that means you lose or that means you win, it's just through seven games you haven't got a complete game um, from from all three phases. And so that that would be that'd be great great to see because you don't know what a team is like until you actually you know see them not give up short fields, not not make bad turnovers, not give up huge plays. Um, thankfully, there will be guys back this weekend. Um, Jay Stanley should be back. Jalen Williams should be back. Uh, Jaleel Clemens should be back. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize just how, how bad uh, defensively they were they were hurting and missing people on Tuesday. Still no excuse. But I do think um, if they can make their own plays early rather than giving up big plays early, it might, it might go different, and I think it'll surely look different. Luke Johnson of the Eagle Hour joining us in the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. So you're making the trip, though, right? You're going to... Uh, head up uh, to the mountains and, and go to Boone and take all that in, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you, you won't play out state for several years. Uh, it's, it's a rotating cross-conference schedule. I missed Conway last year with, with Coastal, so Lauren and I had already pegged this one. And, yeah, we'll go up and get to hang at Beach Mountain. And I need some help. Any listeners out there have been to Boone? I, hey, Dad, I pegged this place called Over Yonder, okay? And I, I sent you yeah. a picture of the of – the, uh, of the menu, the dinner menu. They have a yeah. they have a dipped chicken sandwich that is dipped in cane syrup and hot sauce, which sounds good. I mean, I that that does sound good. Um, the pork burger sounds really good too. I'll be honest with you. Apple butter onion jam. Um, yeah. Rainbow trout. But yeah, when Borky when when we saw at App State last weekend of October. There's no doubt that that's you know I, I couldn't go couldn't travel. Uh, yeah, you're going to see. He wanted to go. He wanted to go when it was not hot, hot, hot in Boone. <laughs> he doesn't know. I, I don't. Do you do you know that video, Luke? We got to send it to you. You guys got to play it on the show. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Oh what yes, yes, we're going to send it to you. Appalachian State it is hot, me. hot, hot. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. I would love yeah, to see it. I agree. But, yeah, it's, it should be a great trip. Um, and, uh, you know, one of those things, you never know what happens until you, until you play. But uh, I don't know who they're going to roll out at quarterback. Um, and it will be interesting to see, you know, if there's any difference in play calling, what those differences are through there. Hey, man, Virginia went to North Carolina last week at 1-5 and five and beat an undefeated Tar Heel team. So crazy stuff does happen in this sport. And it, it, it's – 
you know, you've you've talked about it with us for ten minutes and, and every day on your show. It this is the kind of team and venue and game that that you're so excited about joining the Sun Belt to play. It, it's a bit of a shame that some of the uh, allure has has uh, fallen off of this one, but you know, go up there and win, and that'd be that'd be a nice drive home for you. Be an excellent drive home. The hardest decision, not only to eat, is what color you're going to wear. They have the exact same oh, yeah. colors as Southern Miss, and Kid Brewer Stadium is also known as the Rock. <laughs> what did you go with? Uh, I think I'm probably going to go with black, and and uh, well, black Southern Miss hat, probably a gold gold shirt with a big you. eagle on it. You will blend right in. I didn't think yeah. about that until just now. You're going <laughs> to blend right in. If they play it every year, you could call this the battle for the rock or something, but you're only going to get it probably once every five years. Oh, that's, uh, that yeah. is a shame. Luke, thanks so much for your time, man. We appreciate you. All right, I'll send food pics to you. all send me the uh, hot, hot, hot video. Y'all have a great day. Yes, sir. You too. Luke Johnson of the Eagle Hour joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Oh, man. If you are a, a P1 listener, you know exactly what the Appalachian State is hot, hot, hot song is. But, yes. uh Sign-stealing scandal when we come back. What do they want? Exciting news. Brace yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. Not on Spotify. It's not? Eddie Grant's Electric Avenue, not on Spotify. Wow. What a shame. I don't know why. There's like, there's covers of it, but not on Spotify. I guess he got an, somehow Eddie Grant got an Amazon Music exclusive deal like Garth Brooks did. Don't ask me how. It's a great song. Oh, it's great, but why is it not on Spotify? I paid $10 a month, dang it. I do, I do pay $10 a month. Although Spotify's DJ likes to recommend me. So if you guys don't use Spotify, they have a service on there that is an AI DJ that will act like a radio DJ and play you songs that are catered to you. What drives me nuts is, here are some songs that you listened to a few years ago, but you don't listen to anymore. It's like, yeah, there's a reason. Right. Why are you playing them for me? I stopped listening to them. The other, the other, the other issue with Spotify is... If you put it just on random shuffle, I have like twelve hundred songs, and like I will hear a song and then hear it the next day. I want to shuffle through all twelve hundred before yeah. I come back to one. So, uh, real quick, like all other Grant songs, Electric Avenue is not available on music streaming platforms, as Grant has refused to allow his music on the streaming sites because of his dislike of how the platforms pay artists. The only streaming songs of the version available are cover versions. Eddie, how much money are you making over there? Probably that you a lot. aren't just going to take what they give you. Uh, is he? Like, I mean, unless he was just wise with his yeah. investments. Now we're going to have to Google Eddie Grant net worth. Really peel back this onion. <laughs> Here we are. Here we go. I swear, if it says like twenty million dollars, I bet it I'm does. Be really impressed. Uh, six million. Six million. He's doing all right. Yeah, he's good. He doesn't need to. He doesn't need to uh, 
to, to do that, I guess. My lifetime pre earnings like- or my lifetime earnings pre tax won't reach that. So we talked about that on uh, on Thunder and Lightning the other day about uh, about Dan Enos. The guy just got paid yeah. four million dollars to work seven months, and that's more money than I'll probably ever make mm-hmm. combined. Yeah, and I'm good at my job. You're good at your job. Yeah. We're never going to get to that kind Debatable. of money. We're better than he is. You know who's not good at his job? Ooh, but, how about that professional quick, segue? Go ahead, though. I had I had one more that was like, we'd be better at his job. Probably. Couldn't be much worse. We'd be better play callers. For half the price. I know my worth. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would take a million. No less, though. I would call Jimmy. He'd get there me a go. good deal. Jimmy, Jimmy gets you a million. All right, make your segue again. Anyway, you know who's also not good at his job? Connor Stallions, the staffer at Michigan. What? What a great name! It is really. I can't a great believe we name. haven't. That's what really what I want to focus on is this guy's name is Connor Stallions. Connor Stallions. Some new details have emerged about the scheme that Connor Stallions was at the center of. And uh, Jim Harbaugh <coughs> had no idea. <coughs> uh, bull. <coughs> um, new details. Uh, first reporting from ESPN that uh, he used his own name to purchase tickets for more than 30 games over the past three years at 11 different <laughs> Big Ten schools. And they're not done. In fact... The NCAA, according to this report from Pete Thamel at ESPN, and Mark Slaybaugh as well contributed to it, uh, the NCAA is going to receive video evidence this week of technology, which is against multiple rules, uh, used in scouting tied to the tickets purchased by Stallions. An opposing Big Ten school looked up in-stadium surveillance video from a game earlier this year, and sources said the person in the seat of the ticket purchased by Stallions held his smartphone up, and filmed the home sideline for the entire game. Sources to ESPN said Stallions purchased tickets on both sides of the stadium across from each bench uh, for the Ohio State-Michigan game. Nobody used those tickets because he got caught before that game uh, happened, as you can imagine. None of the tickets that the 11 schools told ESPN about involved Michigan as an opponent, per the sources. So he was going on the road and scouting using technology against the rules. But the scope of this is fascinating because he was paying other people to go to games across the country and film the sidelines and bring them back to him. Here is the rub, though. Here's where it gets really interesting. So Mr. Stallions... Deleted all of his social media. That is his real name. What? Stallions. Connor Stallions. <laughs> Not an alias. That is his I mean, real name. He, he was a military guy, too. He Officer Stallions. You know, Sergeant Stallions. His, his reported salary for Michigan was $55,000. So travel and lodging and tickets for all these games... Uh, definitely just came out of his pocket, and he was definitely not getting funded and recompensated for those trips by Michigan. No, sir, they had no, no idea. No. Here's the rub, though. So he deleted Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and scrubbed his social media. Mr. Stallions, though, but. forgot to delete one brand of social media, and it's Venmo. And if you're not familiar with Venmo, Venmo is an app 
that you can send money from or receive money from other people. You link your bank account. It consolidates everybody's bank account, so you can just send money to whoever for whatever reason. But since all of our brains are broken in society, it is a social media platform, meaning you have a news feed of all of your friends or anybody, if your profile is uh, public, can see who you're sending money to and what for. You get to pick the label. You can call it anything, but there's a whole news feed where you just put, I'm sending money to this person for uh, for this reason. And Mr. Stallions apparently was doing a lot of uh, selling of T-shirt orders because that was mostly uh, his Venmo uh, history was for, for T-shirts. But uh, they even did a worse job of concealing than calling it T-shirt orders in at least one case. Connor Stallions sent a Venmo to a guy named Chase Evans. The T-shirts are just his picture, and it just says Stallions on the bottom. I would buy that shirt. I would buy that shirt at this point, too. But Chase Evans, according to his LinkedIn was a recruiting or is a recruiting intern at the University of Michigan starting in November of 2022. Connor Stallions sent Chase Evans money and called it GA, capital G, capital A on December 30th, 2022. You want to know what happened the next day? Georgia played Ohio State in the college football playoff. He sent this kid money to go against the rules, allegedly, because that's what this implies. We don't know for sure, but this is what happened, allegedly, to go scout Georgia and Ohio State. And not only did they do it publicly with their real names, he even labeled the transaction the abbreviation of the state of Georgia the day before Georgia played in the college football playoff. Um, you know, the guy was a graduate assistant. Maybe that's what we're going with here. Even better, a guy named Adam King, who is a sports reporter for uh, NB or excuse, this is CBS Channel Ten in Columbus, Ohio. He went back and dug through his uh, his video from the Ohio State Michigan game a year ago, and he found. On the opening possession of the game. That, that's the rub here. It's not that Michigan was trying to decipher signs during the game. This is the opening possession of the game. C.J. Stroud is in the shotgun. He claps his hands and, like most teams do, look to the sideline to see if they want to change uh, the signs. Stroud looks to the sidelines, and while C.J. Stroud is looking to the sidelines, you can see clear as day on the Michigan sideline, Connor Stallions Watching the signals on the Ohio State sideline, he's got a laminated sheet in his hand with every signal, a, 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 a person doing every signal, and he looks at the signal on his laminated sheet, tells Michigan's defensive coordinator, and they change the play. He had it laminated and prepared. He knew every Ohio State signal. And he had it in front of him in his hands and would watch their sideline, reference his notes, figure out what the little little guy on his sheet was doing, and then he would tell the Michigan defensive coordinator and they would call the game based on that. Caught red-handed, clear as day on the sideline. 
Even Hugh Freeze is shaking his head and saying, guys, what are y'all doing? Connor Stallions. Somebody says, love the show. I bet this is not the only team that does this. So, no, uh, people have tried to decipher signs in in many different ways uh, before, but when it's this brazen and obvious, um, it seems that this is different. And we'll talk about this more when we come back. 601-879-4395, that's the text line. But that is how stupid they were at Michigan and how obvious. You can see, there are screen grabs of the, of the television broadcasts where you can see his play sheet, and it's got, got the signals laminated, prepared, ready. That is not typical sign stealing. That is a lot worse. We'll continue on this when we come back. More Sports Talk Mississippi now. now. And hey, Dad, with you, Sports Talk Mississippi on a Tuesday. So we've got a couple of messages like this. And honestly, there's there's merit to the question, but there's merit to the people that are also saying, what's the, the big deal? And we'll talk about that in a second, but I will read the question first. Why is sign stealing an issue? Unless they were uh, obtained through wiretaps and stealth operations like Spygate, what am I missing? Is it not just strategy? Maybe I'm missing the means just now hearing of this. Yes, the rock I live under is comfortable. So sign stealing is part of sports. If you are on second base, you better be watching what the catcher's signs are. And if you can pick up on something, you you better tell your batter, hey, buddy, curveball's coming, however you have to do it. That's part of baseball. The Astros did it through a video feed, and we're relaying the signals by banging on trash cans. That was the difference in the Astros thing. In college football, Mississippi State on Saturday better be watching the Auburn sideline every snap and trying to figure out, oh, when Freeze touches his head, it means the dumb uh, double quarterback pass is coming. You better be doing that. The issue here is is he broke two rules. Now, this one is kind of goofy. You're not allowed to scout future opponents in person. Now, there's 100,000 people at an Ohio State game. So you could just call up a buddy and say, hey, what did you see? But that is technically against NCAA rules. You cannot go to a future opponent to the game and scout them. That is against the rules. It's been against the rules since I was two years old. The other issue is the technology. Is they, are, they have been caught red-handed recording sidelines of future opponents And clearly, they are able to use that information to some benefit. How much is it helping them? Probably not so much. Deion Sanders today basically said, I can mail my game plan to my future opponent, and if I'm good enough, they still can't stop me. So there's different levels. There's varying degrees of outrage about this, but that's where Michigan went wrong, is this guy got caught recording future opponents in person Breaking multiple NCAA rules. We've got another message about, uh, here's one right here. It says, it's done all the time from the traditional angle of 
even simple game film. You can pause and go back and see the sideline. This type of thing is done a lot, but not certainly to the extent you're talking about sending people to film the sideline that puts it in another realm. That That's uh, where I, uh, I completely agree. That's what makes this different. Uh, maybe this happens all the time. I've seen people say that, oh, it's no big deal. But Colin Cowherd today said if Purdue did it, nobody would care. Well, of course not because they stink. But this is Michigan, possibly the best team in the country, uh, egregiously and obviously breaking uh, a, a rule. And we've got a couple of people saying, like, well, shouldn't you just change your signs and indicators? Good point. Very true. You should. You should mix things up always. But when you are facing somebody that did something that that's against the rules, they, they broke rules, it's you, you don't expect them to be able to record your entire sideline for an entire game. You know what I mean? It's a little bit different when you know that, hey, they're up in the press box behind us, so you better bring out that white sheet to block our signs. You expect, in the course of a game, them to be able to see that. But you do not expect Michigan, who you play in Week 11, to have full film of your sideline every single week. And so you don't prepare for them having that information because they obtain that information Outside the scope of the rules, multiple rules. But I do agree with a couple of other messages we've gotten. There's an easy solution. Put put the microphone in the helmet and this is done. And they're going to do it for bowl season, apparently. Th- th- this, this will end after this season. They're going to put microphones in the quarterback's helmets and this will all this will be the catalyst for, for why everybody got on board with that. That that will end it, yes. I agree. I agree. We'll see how it goes. I think it's. I still think it's more funny than uh, malicious. Yeah. I mean, how I, stupid I can't, are you? I can't get overly worked. I can't get overly worked up about potential penalties and 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 you know what it, the, the the sanctity of the game or anything like that. But I can certainly laugh my you know what off at Connor Stallions. And his Venmo history getting get yeah exactly Goodness gracious you know you can make Venmo transactions private by the way I don't know if you're aware of that or not well Mr. Stallions do, did yeah. not know that yeah yeah the same way you know what what is it with people's inability to redact things that are gonna get them in trouble you know if you're gonna do something that gets you in trouble make it private it's easy to do almost everything has that ability. Somebody said, how can you prevent someone from sitting in the stands and just run an iPhone with an 8K camera? You, you can't, but if they want to offer that to you, you have you, you cannot accept it. I mean, guys, I'm telling you, this dude, it was so thorough and detailed. He had laminated play sheets with the signals on them and was relaying them to the defensive coordinator. And so when you see that, when you're caught red-handed in that regard, it removes Michigan's plausible deniability. You can't say, oh, he was just rogue. We didn't know. It didn't help us. When there is video of him watching a signal, looking at his his prepared sheet, and telling the defensive coordinator they're running this right now and then changing the play because of that. And so you can talk about whether or not you know it's, that, it's a big deal, but, man, they are caught red-handed. And, and quite frankly, I, I don't think Michigan should be punished. I don't think, like I said before, I don't think the players should be. This, this isn't their fault. But I do think if you're caught this brazenly, this stupidly, then you should be punished pretty severely. 
I don't know what that looks like, but it needs to happen, I think. That's a good rule for life. If you could have gotten away with it, but you were so stupid in the way you did it, yeah. that, that that should be an extra year in jail. Like, you know, hey, we were only going to give you six months, but you went on Facebook and showed off what you had stolen. Right. That's 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 a year and a half. You get 18 months. Yeah. I, I think that's totally a fair way to, to run society, personally. Uh, we got a couple of messages like this. One from Darren said, when they put mics in the helmets and they will hire some geek to figure out what bandwidth they are operating on. Another one, cheaters will always cheat. Pretty easy to intercept radio signals also. So the NFL has not run into that issue at all. And if the NFL, a league that has billions on the line, has figured out how to keep it close-circuited and untappable, then, then I think college can as well. I mean, I, I think... It is a closed circuit. I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. But if I'm not, here's what I think it is. I think it is a closed-circuited communication between coach and quarterback that I don't think it can be tapped into. I think it's impossible. And all of those things have oversight on it to where they can't really be tampered with. So if the NFL has figured out how to make that not a thing, college is going to be fine, too. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. And, and it's not expensive at all. I mean, it, it's just simply not expensive to, to do that. It's, th- this is what's going to come of it. I, I do think Stallions shouldn't be allowed uh, to coach again. I think every coach at Michigan involved in this should be given a multi-year show cause at best, frankly. I, I think that Harbaugh should – if you are this stupid, you should get caught. I agree with what you said, hey, Dad, and essentially what I said. If you're this mm-hmm. dumb, you kind of get what you get. It's it's like, you know, we lock our houses when we leave the house, right? If somebody breaks into yes. our home, it's their fault, whether whether or not the door was locked. But we still lock the door anyway. You know, just because cheaters cheat and they'll always find a way, that, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do things to make it more difficult for them. Yeah. This reminds me of Full Metal Jacket. If it weren't for idiots like you, there wouldn't be any thievery in the world. Yeah, just lock your door. Yeah, I like I said, I, I the other thing I am interested in is does I'm not saying there's a witch hunt, but there does seem like there's a lot of smoke around Michigan this past year, and and Harbaugh is not much longer for that. I mean, he's just going to be like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I love my alma mater and I love coaching here, but. It's just not worth the headache anymore. I'm going to go back to the NFL. Somebody says the quarterback helmet speaker in college won't Michigan change much. Head coach Lane Kiffin. They would. They they wouldn't stand. Couldn't stand having somebody like him coaching Michigan. They would. Hate Lane Kiffin, him. a Michigan man. They would mm-hmm. hate hate him. But what an interesting worse job fit. opening that would Wor- be. Worse fit, Kiffin at Michigan or Kiffin at Texas A and M. A and M's worse. Because Michigan's not really? culty. They're, they're elitist. There's a difference between elitist and cultist. Huh. And you know what right. I mean? Now you're right about that. I agree with that. But somebody says the speaker and the helmet won't change much because college teams don't huddle. They'll have to signal. But, y- yes, they, they huddle far less than NFL teams. But you can still do it differently if the quarterback, as opposed to having to look to the sideline to know what the play is, you can relay it differently. And it's much harder for a defense if they hear a verbal cue from quarterback to offensive line, it's much more difficult for a defense to translate that 
send it to the sideline, get a call back. It, it just it, it removes, or excuse me, it adds a layer of protection, even if it's not completely foolproof. It can certainly help get rid of this kind of discourse. They've got that technology in high school. They've got it at some middle schools at this point. They've got it in the NFL. It skips college, and we've got two hundred million dollar athletic budgets in the SEC. So six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. We'll be right back. It's time to get real, real sports talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports Talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. We got lines Tuesday coming up here in a little bit. We'll do that. We'll give you our fishy line of the week. Hopefully, get to some of this uh, Arnett and Kiffin press conference audio and video for those of you that watch on Super Talk TV. If you don't, or if we don't, I should say, we'll get to it tomorrow. I do think that both of them had some interesting things to say, especially Arnett on this sign-stealing deal. A few more of your messages before we turn the page to that, though. Luke says, three to five years, show cause for stallions, lack of institutional control against Harbaugh, and a six-figure fine for Michigan. I think that six should be a seven. I do believe if you're going to find universities, especially ones like me, I mean, it's be one thing if you're finding, you know, Jackson State. That's a school that doesn't have a huge athletic budget. But when you're finding a school like Michigan or Alabama, yeah, you need to get into the seven figures to make it to make any kind of of noticeable debt. A hundred thousand dollars to them is twenty bucks to us, maybe even less. Honestly, there there is very there are very few crimes I wouldn't commit. That I, if I knew I could just pay twenty bucks and get away with it, what, what is it like? If a if if a crime, if the punishment for a crime is a fine, that means it's legal for a cost. Yep, that's how I am, right? Yeah. If you told me that I can come in you know, to do whatever I want for twenty bucks, I'll do it. But, but you love the movie uh, The Purge. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, the concept is interesting. I'll put it that way. Somebody says, uh, "I know who I'm going after first. Yeah, Richard. No, uh, John Boy from the John Boy and Billy show. <laughs> Can't stand those guys. His laugh is the most annoying thing on the earth. That is so random. That. I know, right? I like it, though. <laughs> yeah. You guys already know like, I used to listen Blippi. To this. Blippi's going down. You're going for Blippi? He's got to go? Yeah. He's got to go. Dab- Dabo is second for you. So he says that explains the TCU game. They weren't able to scout them last year. Michigan had one of the top defenses in the country, and TCU ran through them, like Nick Saban said about Ten Horns. We keep bringing that quote up. I like it, though. So he says Ohio State gets beat twice by Michigan, and all of a sudden Michigan's under the microscope. That is interesting. But apparently, basically, the entire Big Ten is like, yeah, they weren't doing it the way that everybody else does it. Uh, Punish them, please. And maybe that's sour grapes because Michigan's now at the top of the league. But it's not just Ohio State that's – I mean, we played you audio last week of Greg Schiano straight up saying something's not right on the other sideline and we have to adjust now because that's not right over there. That's not normal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that's that's a uh 
like the, the the watching that clip and knowing what we know now is very interesting. And in that, like, I would love to have been in the locker room, going like with Shiana going, "What is going on? Something is not right. They they are on to us." Yeah. And like, how are they? How are they this far ahead of us? Like, he's like, it has to be like, look, I know we're not as talented as them, and I know that we were going to lose this game, but they should not be this far ahead of us. The calls are perfect. I would love to know. Yeah. Russ, with a good question, he said, will there be a fund for those colleges who cannot afford it? Far be it for me to defend some of the frivolous spending that occurs, but some will claim they can't afford it. So I think what you would have happen is the FBS, I mean, the entire FBS can afford it. They are not expensive. High schools have it. It's not expensive technology. But when you get down to, you know, the FCS, Division II, I mean, programs, you know, like a Bellhaven here in Mississippi or Mississippi College, uh, maybe you know those levels wouldn't use it. Maybe they would just go without it if they couldn't, or or whatever. But um, it's just like you can't cry else. expense when you're talking about football, and especially when it's not an expensive thing. And it's, it's the same. It's kind of a, a macro version of what we've been talking about for baseball for years, right? Like schools that can and want to fully fund baseball, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU. They want to put thirty guys on scholarship, and they can afford to do it. Let them do it. Let them do it. It's the same thing. If you can afford to, to scout and do things like that, let them do it. You know, because as we say all the time, you know, life's unfair. And just because you know Walmart has some business things that they can do that mom and pop's hardware store can't. Well, nobody does anything for mom and pop. Nobody's going to do anything for the smaller schools here. Just the way it is. Somebody said, I think it's more arrogance than stupidity. Too arrogant to get caught. I actually agree with that. Actually, another one. I agree. If Michigan was sending a guy to scout and that guy is on the sidelines helping Michigan, then they should get slapped around blatant violations. Rusty says, trade Harbaugh for Dennis Allen. Uh, sign me up for that. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't get here fast. Do it today. I-, I hope this gets Harbaugh fired because, buddy, the Saints are going to be looking for a coach, and I will take Jim Harbaugh over Dennis Allen right now. Jim Harbaugh will be in the Super Bowl in two years. Seriously. Two years. We have not given a Polk's winner yet, Mike. We've got to get on that. We will do that. Uh, we will do that tomorrow. I just just reached out to to Will East. He's going to get us the winner, uh, and we'll have the, uh, the the games up very soon. Great, great. We will. Uh, thanks, Mike, for the uh, for the reminder. Mike is a great picker of college football games. He and and Mike is not doing. No, he, Don't bet him. You'll lose money. Yeah, he's not a front runner either. He sends us his picks before. He, he's not one of those guys that'll. You know, send me a DM. Hey, man, I went six and one this weekend. Oh, you did? Prove it. No, Mike sends us his picks before the weekend, and we got the receipts right here. He's good at this stuff. He's going to win the sausage eventually. It just, uh, you know, maybe it was. He uh, won it last week. No, no, you were out. He he won it last week, though. Of course he did. Lines Tuesday when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Your number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk, Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super talk, Mississippi. Appreciate all of you texting into the show. I, uh, sign stealing. A lot of opinions. Appreciate every single one of them and all of you for listening. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. Fast first two hours on this Tuesday. 
But it is Tuesday, and we have yet to talk about the lines, and that's what we do every Tuesday during football season. So for the college football fix... Driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer, you may have noticed Richard's not here. He is traversing the southeast in his F-150 right now. Hopefully it doesn't rain. We'll have to get a new one on the way. Uh, Test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. The F-150 has been the best-selling truck in America for almost five decades. For good reason. They are impressive, impressive trucks. And the Mississippi Ford dealers... There's one in your backyard, I promise there is. We'll sell one to you, and you will not regret it. College football fixture of Buck Four. Oh, my gosh. What brings you in today? Well, it started raining. I got a little mud on the front there, so time to trade in. I can't believe you admitted on the air that he needed a new tire, so he just bought a new truck. Just bought a new truck. <laughs> it's like, it's man. like I need a new shoelace, so I got a new pair of Jordans, you know. <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever, Doc. Uh, life, just live it. We'll start with our schools here in the state of Mississippi. Mississippi State. Now, they, they are a six-and-a-half-point underdog on the Plains, which feels high to me after watching Auburn every week this season. What's more interesting mm-hmm. than State being a touchdown underdog to me, hey, Dad, is that the over-under mm-hmm. is 43-and-a-half. Yeah, it's, that seems really high for two teams that, I mean, they, they don't score a ton of points. You know, I mean... In conference play, State has scored 14, 30, 17, uh, and 7. Uh, without, without, off the top of my head, I don't think Auburn, as Auburn, they had, what, 20 against Georgia, but beyond that, what is their conference, you know, what do they, what do they look like? They scored, uh, 10 against all, uh, A&M, 18 against uh, LSU, and 21 this past weekend with a final minute touchdown in there. They also only scored 14 on Cal. I mean, I don't see how you can look at these two teams and say, yeah, you know, something, you know, 27-21 final score. I, I don't see that. Oh, Ole Miss only got 28 right. on Auburn. I, I can't see this, yeah. I, I don't see it either. And, and I wonder with, with the spread itself, it, Jordan Hare's a, an it's a very difficult place to play. There's no doubt about it. Lane Kiffin it was not trolling or anything when he spent multiple answers in press conferences after the game. Proud of the team because that place is tough. Because it is a tough yeah. place to play. I do wonder if if it's getting a little bit more than it deserves based on what I think Saturday's crowd and environment is going to be. I feel like you're going to get a really tame... Jordan Hare, relative to what you usually get on Saturday, coming off of another loss, I mean, dejected fan base, day game. As well. day game. Yeah. I don't expect it to be full. No, I wouldn't. I don't think State brings a, a huge crowd by any stretch of the imagination. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's still a tough place to play, but you're right. It's, this is not like going there when Auburn's in the top 10 and you're playing a night game there. Then that place is nearly, it's a fortress at that yeah. point. Brad and Jackson we'll says forty three is right, but it really should be four to three. Oh, so seven two safeties. Uh, David says three to two repeat game, but State wins this time. That that would be kind of therapeutic, wouldn't it, for State fans? I mean, every single year since two thousand and eight, you have dealt with three to two yeah. on this day. Everybody laughs at the three to two game. Yeah. If you're on the winning I don't know side, that I want to be involved. People don't in laugh one. at you. I don't know. Though. 
People don't I mean, laugh at you for winning. The circle winning would be complete. They would be. That's the thing, though. You got a point. No, I, I disagree. No, no, I disagree. I think Auburn still takes heat for playing a three to two game. But they won. They should have lost. They should have lost five three. I just want to point that out. Well, it should have been five three. Five three is a much funnier score, in my opinion. It is. Yeah. Especially when the safety is not earned. It's uh, holding in the end zone. Or was it grounding mm-hmm. in the end? It was holding, right? It was holding. Holding in the end zone, yeah. Jeez. So that's Mississippi State. Uh, plus six and a half on the Plains at 2.30 on Saturday. Old Miss, it's a uh, night game, 6.30. Should be a, just a beautiful day for football for what it's worth. 24 and a half point favorite over the rested coming off of a bye Vanderbilt Commodores. That's a lot of points. That's 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 a, that's a lot of points. So, Lane just, Kiffin, uh, for whatever reason, yeah. hasn't played Vanderbilt well. Now, hear me; he's beaten them. He hasn't lost to Vanderbilt. Hugh Freeze lost to Vanderbilt. Kiffin hasn't lost to Vanderbilt, but I don't know if it's just the spot on the schedule. And this is a classic emotional letdown spot. There's a reason in his press conference he kept talking about got to create an environment, got to create. I, I swear he's sending a message to the fans: you need to help the team get up because it's going to be hard after playing on the plains and then having A and M in Georgia after this one to get them to like be their best on Saturday. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if like if it's seventeen ten at the half, just kind of yeah. a slog of. You know, maybe a couple of mistakes here. A team that's clearly not as hyped up as as you would expect for a conference game, just because of who it is. Yeah, it does feel like a lot. And then Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, Ole Miss last year didn't cover this. Now, granted, and they, that was with them. Remember, Ole Miss scored with eight seconds to go, up seventeen, and that pushed the final tally to twenty three. But they didn't cover this last year, despite scoring fifty plus points, and they trailed at the half. Last year against Vanderbilt, so. they did. Hey, real quick, uh, we got our we got our Polk's pick six six winner. I just got the uh, the email here. Scott. Now Scott did not. He wanted to. He won, but he did not want to win. I don't think because he didn't put his last name on the form, and you got your phone number and the area code confused with your zip code. But Scott, we've got enough of your contact info. We're going to get you your prize back. His tiebreaker was twenty one points. For the Mississippi State Arkansas game, and that was closer. Thirty-three people got it correct. Guys wow. were perfect on the weekend, but his twenty-one. He was the only one who had the guts to go low. I just go ahead and tell y'all this week the tiebreaker is going to be Mississippi State Auburn. Who has the guts to say ten? Who 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 amongst you has the courage? I mean, he to picked say twenty-one. 10 points. He picked twenty-one yeah. and was eleven points 11. too high. <laughs> <laughs> what a sport. It's the best. So congrats sport. to Scott. Yeah, shout out yeah. Scott. Congratulations, man. Yeah, so Ole Miss yeah. minus 24 and a half hosting Vanderbilt on Saturday night. Vanderbilt 2 and 6, 0 oh and 4 in the SEC. 11 a.m. Uh, interesting game, kind of. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think Shane Beamer's on the hot seat uh, by any stretch, really, but uh, things are falling apart fast for him uh, at South Carolina. They roll into Texas A&M. How about this, hey, Dad? They are 2-5 and five rolling into College yeah. Station. And no doubt about it, Jimbo Fisher is a must-win for him if he's going to keep his job. Can't lose this game. 2-5, well, two, two and five, and they still have to play uh, Kentucky and Clemson. Mm-hmm. 
And then you were Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, you're right. I, 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 I still think they should have done it last week, but if they lose to South Carolina, they will fire him on before Monday. I, I, I can't not think that. So, 14 and a half, is that correct? 14 and a half. It's down to 14 in favor of the Aggies at home. Ooh. A little teaser. Yeah. Yeah. Something doesn't smell right there. Something's not right. Georgia, Florida, 14 and a half in favor of the Dogs. First game without uh, without Brock Bowers uh, for Georgia. That's another one. Watch like, that one I closely. wouldn't touch this one. I have no idea what Florida is. I have no idea what Georgia looks like without Brock Bowers, who's been their MVP this year. That could end up being a close game. But it could also end up being something like Georgia 41, Florida 14. I have no idea what to make of that game. A few of your messages want to read them before we get to fishy lines. They won't outscore Vandy by 24, talking about Ole Miss. Jeremy says, bet the house on Vandy. Think Ole Miss squeaks by them on Saturday. Somebody says, I think it will be 17-10 to 10 Vandy at the half. Um, Vandy by three, according to Michael. I, I would... I think this is a two-outcome out, two game. So we talk about four-outcome games, where in this context it would yeah. be Ole Miss blowout, Ole Miss close, Vanderbilt blowout, Vanderbilt close. I mean, anything can happen. It, it gets crazy in college football. Virginia beat North Carolina. I can see Ole Miss winning close and playing kind of crappy, and then I can see them blowing Vander, Vanderbilt out. But I think I would be genuinely, truly shocked beyond measure if Ole Miss happens to lose this game. Mm-hmm. This Vanderbilt team is so void of talent. They just they don't have anybody that can match up with you in, in any spot on the field. Really, they got a good receiver, a uh, nice piece on the defensive line. Quarterback plays okay, but man, they are bad. Yeah, they're not good. They're not a good team, and that's surprising. I thought they were going to be better this year. I really, I thought last year they took a step forward. They're sort of like State, right? They took a step forward, and you're like, all right, they're going to be good, and they're not. They're not good. They're not a reason. We got one more SEC line to get to. We've got to some national games and your fishy line of the week. When we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Yeah! Real quick, a couple of things. Number one, Tennessee, a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Kentucky, a game that is totally flying under the radar this weekend. That might be fun. In Lexington. Be a fun game. I don't know. I feel like Tennessee's easily gonna win by a touchdown. You think so? That would I still be so. fun though. If they win easily. by if they win by a touchdown oh, yeah. there, that'd be a good Oh, I am saying at least a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. We'll Four. see. And, and a couple messages, then we'll get to fishy line of the week. Somebody says if AM loses, the U Haul will be at Jimbo's house on Saturday night. Somebody mm-hmm. uh, a lot of three to two jokes uh today. I think we'll get those uh we'll get those all all week long. Really. Uh, another one, Ole Miss is about to drag Vanderbilt. These are disgruntled state fans texting in. Jim says Vanderbilt and Memphis are always up for Ole Miss. And fishy line of the week. Actually, I'll save that. 
I'll save that after we tell you. That one yours? Fishy line of the week. Well, our fishy line of the week is brought to you by the good folks at PTG Outdoors, your premier marine electronics dealer, certified installation centers in Grenada and Greenville, major brands, Garmin, Humminbird, Minkota, and Lawrence. If you're having problems reading your sonar on your boat, which if I was on a boat, I'll just go ahead and say I would be having problems. I'd be like, is that a fish? Is that the fish? Is that where I need to? That's him? If you're having problems, though, they offer on-the-water training. Give Ron or Brandon a call at 662-459-9311. And a new location coming for PTG Outdoors in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So if you're over there in uh, Lowndes County right now and you're thinking, gosh, I don't want to drive all the way to Grenada to deal with these guys, there's going to be one closer to you very, very soon. At PTG Outdoors, they are bringing us the fishy line of the week. And what is your Fishy line of the week. I can't it's this, decide. It's this so-, so here's this is that's the that's the beauty of it. It's South Carolina, Texas A and M minus fourteen and a half because neither one of these teams makes sense. A and M is not good enough to be a two touchdown favorite over anybody. But at the same time, South Carolina is awful and should probably be a twenty one point underdog on the road. How did they come to this idea of 14 and a half? I don't know. Something's up. Somebody's getting blown out on Saturday. I agree. I'm with just, that. I, that's my prediction. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't, it, it leans like it would be Texas A&M. Somebody's winning by 24 plus in that game. Ooh, I got to make a note that of this because if you're right, messed up. If you're right, I'm right on Monday. Points, you are. But yeah. if you're right on Monday when you said I lean Texas mm-hmm. A&M, I'm going to clip that yeah. and make you look so smart. I think, I mean, A&M's probably going to win the game. I, I do feel pretty confident in that, but I don't feel... It's just weird that A&M would be a two-touchdown favorite over anybody. Like, they, they feel like they're on yeah. the ropes, but the other... They're on the ropes, but South Carolina is also on the ropes, and they're holding A&M up. Yeah, they are. And It's like the last round of Creed and Balboa. The only thing South Carolina has over A&M is quarterback play, and uh, that's really... It's really it, though, but it's a great equalizer. I can't decide between yeah. Duke and Louisville. Duke is only a four-point underdog at Louisville, and Riley Leonard's hurt again. And I, Look, Duke ended up getting blown out, if you call 18 points a blowout. They really held their own in Tallahassee. I mean, Elko's a really good coach. Duke is physical, and if he's however long he's there, Duke's going to be formidable. They, they have an, a clear right. identity, but still, losing your quarterback again – Going on the road to ranked six and one Louisville, and you're only having to give four points. I think they're trying to tell yeah. us something about that game. I think Duke might go in there and pull an upset. That's what this is telling me. I'll give you one more. Minnesota only a seven point favorite over Michigan State. I think Ooh. Michigan State is another one on the verge of collapse. I mean, they 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 wanted to, to be off the field so badly by the end of that Michigan game. Minnesota, just coming off of the victory of my favorite trophy in Big Ten rivalries, the Floyd of Rosedale. They're hot right this second. They're playing well. They're good defensively. I could see them winning that game pretty easily. I like that. That's a good pick. Uh, another one that stood out to me, kind of, because uh, I know I I like Lance Leopold, and I, I think Kansas is good. Oklahoma only giving 10 points at Kansas on Saturday morning. But I think Jalen Daniels is back, though. 
And He's Oklahoma did play one. poorly last weekend. Should have lost, frankly, yeah, to see? UCF. Something's up. You know up. what I would the love. The last time you tried with Kansas, by the way, you, you, you missed out on that one. I did. You had, to, you had it right that it was fishy, but you were wrong in the fishiness. It was the other side that stunk. So the uh, we got one earlier, fishy line of the week. It has to be Appalachian State minus 17, right? That game will at a minimum be 38 to 10 is what we get on the text line. Well, I didn't want to say anything. Well, this poor guy texted right. us last week and said, fishy line of the week tonight is in Mobile, wrong team favored, Southern Miss to the top. God bless him. That's a man who who flipped. He flipped on Southern Miss. <laughs> he He's watched like, that game was ne- like, I'm done. Never again. Never again. Right now, honestly, I mean, unless the line is ridiculous, I mean, seventeen's a lot. It's a lot of points. But taking Southern Miss and and and, and ta- or taking Southern Miss's opponents and giving the points until they show otherwise, it feels like it's, there's money to be won there. And, yeah, until they prove I mean, otherwise. Even something seventeen, even even if it's twenty eight ten, you covered. And that's not a huge blowout. That's not a game where you'd walk away saying Southern got embarrassed, but you did cover. Somebody says A&M is on the ropes, but South Carolina got thrown over the top rope to the floor. Yeah, man, Drinkwitz is... Eli Drinkwitz, after three years, had a losing record. And and now look at them. I mean, he's just done a heck of a job. And using burden in great ways, getting elevated quarterback plays, recruiting really well. Uh, I mean, in line to be SEC Coach of the Year. I know Ole Miss fans probably won't like hearing that, considering the season they're having, but man... Missouri's set up to go to an access bowl themselves uh, right now. He's done a really nice job there. Another message. Vegas wants you to take South Carolina. No reason that line should be that high. A&M probably wins big. Kevin says the reason the spread for South Carolina and A&M is 14.5 is because South Carolina can't block anybody. They're getting their quarterback sure. killed, and A&M has a huge... Studs. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good point. It's a good point, but at the same time, A and M, they 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 aren't very good. They're just not a good team. They they are the the ultimate like the parts aren't the the sum is less than the parts. Like the parts are great. Yeah, you could take some of those players and put them at State and Ole Miss and and Alabama and anywhere else and elevate those teams instantly. I mean, how much better is State with like two of their defensive linemen? How much better is State if they have Evan Stewart? You know, something right. like that. But but at, for whatever reason, those guys under Jimbo Fisher, it doesn't it doesn't work. I, I, my, that point I made a few weeks ago, I really believe that, that, that it's not even a conspiracy theory. It's the reason that Alabama isn't as dominant as they, they normally are is because too many of the five stars they should have are at Texas A&M. And just they should other have places. like three or four of those players. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Clemson's the same way. Clemson is down because they are missing five-star players that are at Texas A&M. A&M's just hoarding all these players and going seven and five. Regardless of who they hire to replace Jimbo, the exodus from that roster is going to be something to behold. It's going to be big. It's going to be big. It's going to be Colorado big, but it's going to be because everybody in the country wants A&M's players as opposed to Dion just having an NFL-style cut day. There's going, to be, there's going to be coaches flying in to Bryan College Station. Just, to, just they're, They might as well do it like career day. You just set up a booth. 
Yeah. Oh, what what does Ohio State have to offer? Here, take our pamphlet. You know? That's I might as well, I might as well do it that way. Just let them all go through the line. Man, I remember career day in college. Waffle House had a great pitch. I'm not kidding. Their their pitch like for their managerial program was yeah. excellent. Like I walked because I had to go for a class they made us, and I walked away thinking, yeah. man, am I going to work at Waffle House when I when I leave here? Like that was awesome. You know, what I, you know what I would say about Waffle House is that I've been to them many times. I've never seen a manager in there. <laughs> like if he's in there, he he ain't cooking. Like you go to Papa John's, and let me prom- promise you, the the manager's making your pizza. Waffle House, that, the, the Waffle, House, Waffle House manager is not working the griddle. I promise that. Just hanging out. I love the Waffle House. It's also not a Waffle House. It's a Waffle Home. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. I love Waffle House. We spent almost four hours in one uh, in high school after a game. Ooh. So it was a road game we won. We came back. Um, my dad's not listening right now. We uh, obtained oh, yeah. some uh, beverages. And then went to yeah, Waffle sure. House, and they did a shift. So we got there at like one thirty, and they did a shift change that took two hours. Mm-hmm. So no, we oh. were the only ones in the entire Waffle House from two a.m. to four a.m. Not a single employee other than us was in the building until four a.m. And then more employees came in, and we ate, and then went back to the beverages. Well, there you go. Yeah, that was a good time. I was 17. The only time in my life I thought I was going to get arrested was at a Waffle House. Yeah. The only time in my life I thought I was going to get arrested. Yeah. We need to hear that story when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. What a tease. In the Pearl River Resort Studio. Don't go anywhere. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Let's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Gin Teal. I just opened, I've got a quarter zip on. The, the stream makes it look a little gray, but it's like this... This very soft green that I've got on. I took it out of the package and immediately put it on because I, I can't get enough of these Genteel Quarter Zips. They are perfect, especially for the evenings. I know it's getting up in the 80s still, but man, if you're doing anything at night, if you're going to dinner or whatever, they, they look classy and they're comfortable and they're not going to make you hot. I, I just uh, I love uh, the package that I got from Genteel yesterday. You will to GenteelApparel.com. They have a collegiate collection if you want to rock your team's colors. Uh, you've got them there, and uh, shorts and pants as well. I've, I'm genteeled out today. I've got the pants on, which, uh, sorry for the, the graphic detail, it feels like I don't have pants on. Like, I've got pants on, but I don't feel like it. they're that comfortable. And, uh, of course, the polo and uh, the quarter zip, genteelparel.com. Uh, Is that good or bad? I don't know. Talk Mississippi. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. Hey, you know, it, it's all know. right. I, I've been working out lately. Anyway, uh, so Brian yeah. Haydad almost got arrested at a Waffle House. Why? So we were in there. This There are three Waffle There were three Waffle Houses in Vicksburg. The one we're talking about is right by the Mississippi River Bridge. So it's it's, it's right there, and then you can jump on the the, the, the river and bridge and go across. So we're just eating. 
it's like eight of us, four one table for another. One of our my friends decides to grab the you know the sugar then that you put in your coffee, the the big sugar. It's not a shaker. It's you know whatever, and he just dumps it on me, just dumps it on my pants, covers me in sugar. I'm like, what are, what are we doing here? So that's not the issue. So we finish eating. You know, I shake the sugar off of me. We finish eating, and we, we're going to leave, right? I go back to the table to put the tip down. He is, like, trying to arrange the tip, the cash, into this pile of sugar oh, that's God. on the chair. And he's, like, being all – and so he's, like it's, – it's, like – I was, like, dude, just leave the Is money. that what they called Let's it in Vicksburg, go. by the way? They, they call that sugar? Because there was a different name for it where I grew up. The white powdery what, substance what that you used money to – it's actual sugar. Uh-huh. Yeah. So at this point, one of the waitresses notices what's happening. She's like, hold up. So, like, they get all of us, and they're like, y'all aren't going anywhere. And they call, they get a cop. I don't know if there was one in there or if they called them. They took all of our IDs and were looking at them and, and everything, and, like, you guys are going for disorderly conduct. I'm like, dude, like, this is it's, it's a pile of sugar. Like, what are we doing here? So they made made us. They you say they said us. They made us clean it up. We made him clean it up. Like you drop this, you clean up the sugar, and then they let us go on our way. And then they banned us from that Waffle House. And that was like twenty five some odd years ago. I've never been back to that Waffle House. Really? Do you think they would I, kick I just, you out if I, you went? I just don't want to risk my photo being up in there. Like, hey, you can't come in here. So I just 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 go with it. We. uh it's so, not a really good story, but I, I did think for a second, I was like, I'm, I'm going to jail. This didn't happen to me, but I, I was part of this scheme, and uh, the, the friend still oh, brings God. it up and gets mad at me to this day. In high school... There was a scheme, okay. Yeah, it was a scheme. Yeah, so in high school, we, we would get there early and just kind of like hang out in the parking lot, and when it would get cold, we would sit uh, you know, in each other's cars and just hang out in the parking lot before we had to walk into school. And we decided to get a big, like, gallon Ziploc bag full of herbs. And we didn't even use, like, oregano or, like, the right herb. We, we, it was, like, dried basil is what we ended up with. <laughs> like a rosemary <laughs> Yeah, up it, it didn't look anything like... Tarragon. And we, uh, we were hanging out in, in one of our buddies' cars, and one of us sitting in the back put that gallon bag of dried basil underneath... One of the back seats in the car, and we we told the resource officer what we were doing. We didn't tell him because fi- like we were like filing a false police report. We'll all go to jail. So we told him, and and he liked us because we were all on the football team, and he liked football. But we told him we we're like, hey, we put a bunch of herbs underneath our buddy's seat in the parking lot. This is the spot he's in. Pretend like you're arresting him, and he went for it and pulled ah. it. Got, went and got him. Uh, pulled him out of class. And got a couple of his buddies from the precinct because they they would send a real cop to our school and they would rotate every so often. They were nice. real they were real officers there, and so he got a couple of his buddies from the precinct to to block his car into the parking lot. They put him in cuffs and had him standing next to his oh. car as they're surf- searching through his car, and they sure enough pulled that bag right from under the back seat and. Poor kid started crying. I mean, he is crying. He's like, I have oh. no idea how they got there. No idea. 
And so they I feel bad. Oh, but we, it's still we funny. Felt terrible. But apparently, they opened the bag and put it in front of us and said, "Just smell it." And he did. And uh, yeah, hadn't forgiven us for that. Actually, it's like the Office episode. Like this is a salad caprese. Yeah. Look, there's there's mozzarella cheese in there. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, the closest I've gotten to to getting actually arrested was on my 20th birthday at spring break. So stupid. We were just uh, – look, I know, okay? I was breaking the law. I, I know. I, I, I was breaking the law. But we were on spring break. It was like noon. We're just sitting on the, the porch of the house that we rented, and there's like seven people in the house at this moment. Everybody else is on the beach. Some of us hung back to just hang out and play music, and we were drinking beer. On the porch of our house, nothing going on. It wasn't even messy. Like, we didn't park illegal. And cop drives by and decides, you know what? Forget these kids. And checked our IDs. And I got a minor in possession of alcohol ticket on my 20th birthday at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, minding my own business, not hurting anybody. And yes, I know it was against the law. But still, I felt, well, I felt like that was unfair justice. Eh. Yeah, kind of. Like, you yeah. got guys uh, yeah. walking the beach with backpacks just handing out drugs and stuff indiscriminately just walking up and down the beach, but me with a beer in my hand is really, you know, causing problems. Destin PD. Well, you know, that, that's that's what happens. I paid the fine that day. My dad never found out. I'm so proud of him never finding out because he would have destroyed He would have killed me. Like, I don't think I'd be sitting here yeah. today had I been caught. He just sent me off to <laughs> VMI or whatever to finish up my degree and then go straight into the service. <laughs> I'm trying to think like that. Yeah, because that, that story I just told, my mom doesn't know that story to this day, probably. I'm trying to think like, what's the most trouble I got into that she knows about? Uh, and my parents know. I don't, I don't remember. I, I, I didn't do anything super bad back in the day. This guy on the text line said, I bought 10,000 crickets, put them in a trash bag, and opened it under a table in the lunchroom in high school. Yeesh. They must have hated you. Those crickets, the, the children of those crickets are still in that high school. Yeah, they're somewhere around there. Yeah. Did you guys do yeah, a no senior prank? We didn't do, like, a, a school-wide no, senior that. prank. I didn't, I will, didn't do that. I, I, the, 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 my favorite thing with my mom, it's me and another guy. We, we In seventh grade, we were in art class. And we were failing art. Like, how do you fail art? Right? As long as I, as long as I do something, I. How do you grade art? Right? So, basically, I'm telling my mom, like, look, mom, I hate this class. I hate the teacher. Like, I'm never gonna do anything in art in my life. I don't want to be a painter. So, so they set up a conference to meet with her. And this woman looked at my mom and my friend's mom. And we're like, your son would, would be lucky to be a janitor at this high school. So that's what she told him. And so wow. I wish I wish I could f- run into her somewhere. Like, I'm doing okay. You made it. I did, well, well hmm. I'm doing okay. Yeah. Better than yeah. most, we haven't gotten, I, I would say. We haven't gotten rid of Cross yet. It's not that it's the two of us yet. I can't say that I've made it. <laughs> working, working on it. Working on that. So he says, "Borks are in the service with a laughing emoji." Yeah, you would be. You would have been. You would know who you would have become. You've seen Animal House, right? You would have become yeah. Niedermeyer. Yeah, you would be like the most insufferable. 
person. <laughs> we now consecrate the order of obedience. <laughs> That's, that would have been you. Man, that movie has held up. Old A comedies don't hold up. On your uniform. <laughs> oh, that's. I've seen that movie a thousand times. That might be the movie I've seen the most. It's up there with like the Blues Brothers and Smokey and the Bandit, and and, and it's it's up there. Because we had we had it on VHS, and that was just something we, we would just pop it in, and it would just replay. And if you were sitting around the house just having a beer, it was just there. It's not, it's not that we broke a few laws or took a few liberties with our female party guests. We did. <laughs> oh, Otter. Man. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. That are, every, 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 every minute of that movie is fantastic. Like Caddyshack. Did you know about There's a documentary about the making of Caddyshack. It's on YouTube. You have to watch it. It was the, the the filming of the movie is crazier than the movie. I, I mean, I, it's a miracle they got it done. I, the documentary is almost as funny as the movie, but Chevy Chase and Bill Murray hated each other. Mm-hmm. Hated Didn't each other. That. They wouldn't speak or be around unless they were filming the scene together. And remember, they weren't together much. Hated each other. Random thing about Caddyshack, when their chemistry in the movie was so good. They were miserable mm-hmm. doing it. We got some messages well, during yeah. this conversation, so we'll read those when we come back. 601-879-4395. Don't go anywhere. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Our good friend Debbie from Ocean Springs, I assume, is a teacher. She says, I had a classroom with windows that looked out onto the roof of the cafeteria, and the seniors put all the classroom furniture on the roof as their senior prank. Oh, gosh. That's a lot of work. You know? You know, they wouldn't do that if they didn't love you, by the way, Debbie. I know you know that. That's true. It's true. Never would have pranked a teacher I didn't like like that. Yeah. Well, we don't. We never prank. We didn't do senior prank or anything like that. There's a. Um, th- there's like some kind of high school toilet papering battle going on right now in my neighborhood. So there's been be a couple of houses. In that one. There's been a couple of houses that have been hit, and yeah. I learned from talking to a neighbor because at first, uh, uh, the, the a family that got hit has no children of high school age and um they're they're a foreign family they're they're i believe i believe india is where they're from Uh, but so people in the neighborhood at first thought oh no like was this somebody being a jerk turns out high school kids got the wrong house and they've been hitting other houses in the neighborhood uh with people that at least they got the address right this time but yeah there's a group of high school kids that are that are, that are TPing all their friends' houses, and they got the first one wrong. Well, whoops! We'll see how that goes. See, let's see where it goes from there. Uh, you will end up as collateral damage in this, by the way. Somehow, your house is going to get some get some toilet paper on it. Oh, you know it. Yeah, I'd, I had a, a 
is it a sapling or a yearling magnolia tree? It was only like four foot tall that I planted in my front yard off to the side a little bit. And a yearling like a deer? I don't know. So it, it's a sapling, a, yeah. A, yeah, but it was it was like three or four feet tall that, that some idiots on a golf cart ran over uh, on their path to run over mailboxes and stuff on my street like a year and a half ago. That was cool. <laughs> I never did stuff like that in high school. Did you? Like, I, I never, not, never in my life nah. did. Let's go destroy other people's stuff. Cross my mind. We were we were prank callers back, yeah. back in the old no caller ID days. I think I told that story one time where we had a, a guy. We would just call and ask us. We would call a, a male number. So we would call a female number and ask to speak to a guy. Just assuming that if they, she had a, a, a guy at the house, he might answer the phone. That's what we were going for. We were going for mayhem. And one time, we struck gold. And we said, hey, is so-and-so there? And, and, and the guy was like, who is this? Who are you asking for? What's going on here? And we found out... We, we like a few. Yeah, you know, we can, we can, we we sort of cycled through these numbers. We we went back to him and, and we found out that she had in fact been cheating on him. Oh, so so we 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 he we got his suspicions up and he he found out the evidence that he needed. We also like to call back in the day. We had this. You know, you had your local cab companies. Ours was called Rocket Cab. What we would do is we would call Rocket Cab and say we're at this address, which we were not at. At like one in the morning, and we would tell them, "Hey, we're in the back of the house. Lay on the horn." <laughs> and so they show up and just start laying on the horn and wake up whoever was in the house. Oh no! Yeah, do you guys have soundboards the... back then? No, no, no. We didn't have anything like oh, that. We didn't have the internet. Best. The internet wasn't a thing yet. Oh, true. Now we we had, we broke out the phone book and found numbers in it. You got to see the video. There's a, a video of uh, a guy that called one Chinese or Japanese restaurant and then called another one and, oh, no. and put the Been phones up next to each other. It's. <laughs> I had that happen to me once. I, I I answered the phone for Papa John's and it was the Domino's guy on the other line and I, I snuffed it out pretty quick. I was like, "We've been had, my friend. <laughs> abort, abort." Oh, man. I miss those days. You would have, right. like, uh, Dave Chappelle's soundboard or an Al Pacino soundboard oh, yeah. where you call somebody and just put – I mean, it had, like, a hundred different phrases and I'll words. I'll take a flamethrower to this place. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that, yeah. I know about soundboards, but we didn't We didn't have those. We just had to rely on our ability to, to, to not crack up in the middle of the, uh, the, 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 the call. Mike and Madison got hit from uh, the toilet paper wars. He, he said it's the cheerleading battles at Madison Central gets hit. That, I guess that's what's happening in my neighborhood too. But yeah, it gets serious. Those, those kids are uh, they're good at their craft. Yeah. I'm glad that's still around. Honestly, I know it's messy and a pain in the you know what to clean yeah. up, but I'm glad that's still the thing that we do. They're still doing it. They're still doing it. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you guys hanging out today. As always, we talked a little Old Miss and Mississippi State football at the beginning. Kind of uh, digestive is what I called it. That's sort of the 3 o'clock hour. Then we talked Southern Miss with Luke and uh, did a little sign-stealing conversation lines. And then we ended with pranks and stuff. That's our show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Post-show podcasts available wherever you get them. Search Sports Talk Mississippi. If you missed anything, 
You don't have to anymore. It'll be uploaded here in about 15, 20 minutes from right now. Every day for Richard, who's off today, and Brian Haydad and Michael Borky. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll see you tomorrow at 3. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWGEmployerServices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.